Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we have added question box to hear our community's thoughts on our episodes, polls to ask questions on what they think, and so much more. We highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, welcome to So Violento So Macabro Podcast. This is Ali. And this is Dee. Today, Dee will be taking you to Houston, Texas. When it comes to the American dream, people travel from far and wide to the U.S. for a better life. But what happens when that dream is ripped away by their partner? This is the missing case of Karen Ramirez. Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tengan cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. Usted lo acepta cuando de una forma natural. Karen era una mujer hondureña que fue descrita como alegre, cariñosa y amorosa. Era la mayor de siete hermanos y hermanas. At the age of 20 years old, Karen became pregnant with her daughter, and a few years later, Karen decides to leave her daughter at the care of her parents and leave to the U.S. for a better life for her daughter and for her family. So her goal was to go to Houston, Texas and provide for her family. As, you know, typically a lot of Hispanic families do, where they travel across the U.S. and then work here and then send money back home. So that mm -hmm. was her plan. She wanted to do that for a couple of years and even, like, her thought was either to bring her daughter here or go back home. But that was always, like, her plan. She wanted to just take care of her family and know that they were in a better position in life. When she arrived to the U.S. in 2016, 
she began living with her maternal aunts. So she had family here and she was going to stay with them for, you know, as long as she could maintain herself here, she was going to stay with them for a while. But her purpose was to rent an apartment on her own because she really enjoyed her space. So um, even though she liked living with her aunts, she still wanted to live on her own. Soon after working, um, soon after arriving to the U.S., she found a waitress job at a restaurant. Coworkers described her as being very like attentive. She was very focused. She really enjoyed her job and enjoyed her coworkers. So for her, it was always um, very easy for her to maintain her job and have like a really good uh, work ethics. Soon after working at the restaurant, Karen meets Miguel Angel Bueso a barber who was a regular at the restaurant and who also was Hondureño. And they started talking, having a conversation, getting to know each other, and they realized that they had a lot of things in common. Uh, shortly after they, they were talking, they ended up getting into a relationship within a couple of months of knowing each other. And by the end of 2016, they ended up moving in together. So... It kind of was like a very fast relationship where it she happened quick, yeah, yeah, where she just kind of got to the U.S., started working, and right away got in a relationship. Um, her mother describes the relationship to be very odd um, because she never really had the opportunity to meet him um, or talk to him. It was always kind of very sporadic. So she would, like, whenever she would FaceTiming them or like having a phone call with them. He would come in and out, but he would never, like, want to get to know her family or get to know, like, her mother or have a conversation with her mother. It was always very, like, cut short. And um, her mom describes that relationship to be very off. Um, she says that when she first started talking to him, she just didn't really like him. Dice que algo materno le dijo que no, no le gustaba como él trataba a su hija o como él trataba a las conversaciones con, con, con ella, como su mamá. Um, and I feel like a lot of moms have that internal instincts where yeah. they could tell when they don't like somebody or if... When someone's off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she describes that uh, throughout, like, the relationship. She just didn't really like him, but, you know, her like, her daughter was happy and she was just like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to pressured i'm just gonna let it happen but i still don't like him so during this time um that Garden was living in the u.s her sister kylie was also living with um her her sister and uh, miguel angel so she was living there for a bit and then she would go to her aunts so she would kind of go back and forth well then kylie was living with who with her sister so she would live with her sister and then she would move with her aunt. Oh, with Karen. Oh, yeah. she lived with Karen. And she yeah. would keep going back and forth. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. ¿Es su hermana menor o mayor? Yeah. Uh, es su hermana menor. So, like, Karen was the oldest and Kylie was, like, okay. in the in-between. Shortly after moving in together, uh, Miguel Ángel actually installed a barbershop within their home. So, in many of the interviews and the videos, they show the house of where, like, they were renting And right next to it, it was like a little garage slash shed that was nearby. And um, Miguel Angel actually made that into his barbershop. 
So he would cut hair, have clients over and everything. So he was basically working from home. But Karen was still going out and working at a restaurant. Um, after they started dating, she actually quit that job and started working at a... It's like a nightclub slash restaurant. So it's like they have music and like parties and stuff in there. But it was like, it was basically like a night restaurant where it was like also music and, and dancing and stuff, which caused a lot of problems in the relationship. Oh, I could imagine. I was going to say that. I'm like, yeah. oh man, he was pissed probably. Yeah. So her, her, her shifts were mostly at night. So she would mostly work night shift so she would work from like let's say six in the afternoon all the way until like maybe three in the morning so she was basically out and he didn't like that he was very jealous of the fact that she was working in that type of environment and she was working night shifts and it just caused a lot of issues within the relationship according to a neighbor um she described them to be very formal. She says that Karen was very nice. Like, she would always say hi and stuff. Like, she was really sweet and, like, amable. But that whenever she would come across Miguel Angel, he was just kind of very distant or, like, very shorthanded and never really said anything. According to La Esquina, this neighbor declares, quote, Ellos peleaban mucho. Se escuchaba cuando discutían. Él le gritaba y ella también le contestaba. Llegó ella y agarraba su carro y se iba. Pero siempre había problemas. En una ocasión, él se acercó al auto de la chica y se gritaban enfrente. Y ella siempre se iba. Los gritos eran escandalosos. This neighbor also declares that, that they were really new to the neighborhood. So, usually when you're first moving into the neighborhood, you know, you're just getting to know them. And she describes them as always fighting. She says that for them to be recently new, um, you know, sometimes you don't know much about the neighbors until like maybe a year later or like a couple of months later. But she says that they would always fight. So that's how they got to know them because they were constantly fighting. I mean, that says a lot. So I imagino que era intenso cuando peleaban. Yeah. Para que los conocieran así, that was, and it was like frequent too. It was frequent, yeah. And I, I mean, think about it. They were dating for a couple of months before they moved in together. And then they moved in together. And then within a couple of months that they were living together, they were always fighting. So it just goes to show that their relationship was not very pleasant within the couple of months that they were living together. So you could only imagine how it was when they weren't living together. So it was super unhealthy since the beginning. Very, very unhealthy. Yep. On the night of March 24th, um, and moving towards the morning of March 25th of 2017, documents confirmed that Karen and Miguel began fighting at Karen's um, job. Um, so she worked at the at the restaurant slash nightclub place, and they were fighting in the parking lot outside in the car. Um, they said that within the security cameras, you could see them fighting and having an argument within the car. Miguel leaves, and Karen just goes back to work, and then she goes back home at 3 a.m. 
and neighbors say that you could hear them fighting again at three in the morning. Neighbors also say that the car was parked in their driveway and they were just screaming and fighting at each other. And one of them, according to uh, testimony, they heard Miguel yell at Karen, Ya cállate y cálmate. Te voy a tirar un balazo como el que te tiré la otra vez. Holy shit. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm hoping someone called the cops when they heard this. I'm well, hoping. The thing is that they didn't. I know. Jesus Christ. But mainly because the fights were so constant that they they didn't really think much of it. Yeah. But according to some articles, the um, Garen actually confessed to her co-workers that they were fighting a lot and that she was victim of uh, domestic violence. You know, and then her co-worker would, you know, suggest, like, you should leave him, you should go get help. But she would always kind of bring up the fact that she was undocumented and that she was scared to leave him, that she was scared of what he would do. Um, Not because she was scared that he was going to kill her or anything, but she was scared at the fact that, you know, that they would, she would get deported. And then there was no way of her getting any sort of income to her family in, in Honduras. So she, what her coworker would describe to the police later was that there was never any marks on Karen. So there wasn't any like physical like scratches or punches or anything in her face where she could say she was being abused. But Karen did tell her, you know, we get into fights, they get physical. I usually just leave. And that's that's how they left it. But so so when this happened that night, neighbors really didn't pay attention to it just because they thought that they were just going to fight and everything was going to be back to normal the next day. The most tragic part of this story is that the night of March 25th, Karen's parents were celebrating their 25th birthday um, that same night. And they thought the it was... The 25th anniversary or... No, the, the March 25th, they were celebrating they, their 50th birthday in Honduras. Oh, okay, 50th. Okay. So mm. they found it unusual that Karen hadn't called them at all the day of the 25th. Um, mm. And it was very yeah. alarming to them because they, um, they didn't hear from her. So they thought it They're was like very... They're like a very close unit, close yeah. family unit, right? So it yeah. was weird. So yeah. it was weird for them to not hear from her because they would hear from her at like every other day or every couple of days. But whenever they would call each other, they would answer the phone. And it was very unusual mm. that God had never called that, that day. But they continued with the festivities. They probably thought, oh, you know, she was probably working late at night and she, you know, slept through and like she didn't have time. So they kind of like passed it on. Then the 26th came. And they didn't hear anything from her. Nothing. That's when her sister Kylie comes in the picture and started calling them. Um, calling uh, Miguel Angel okay, and calling... Oh, I... She started calling Miguel Angel and calling Karen. And mm. she realized that neither of their, fir- their phones were answering. So she had a bad gut feeling about it. So on the 27th, the, the day after... Um, Kylie actually put a missing persons report 
to the police and says that Karen hasn't had any communication with her family since the 25th. She didn't answer her phone calls on the 26th, that she went by the house and she didn't see her car. So she just knew that something was wrong. The police, after that, they started to investigate and started to try to um, find if Karen was missing, if anything happened to her. They started talking to people that she worked with and they realized that, in fact, she was nowhere to be found. During the investigation, um, they realized that Miguel Ángel was actually legally married prior to being in the relationship with Karen. They found out that he actually married a woman by the name Carla Fernández, and they were legally separated in 2011. So they, they hadn't been together, but they never got a divorce. So when the police went ahead and started interviewing Carla... She declared that the morning of March 25th, Miguel had called her and had asked her for help. He had called her and told her, pick me up, come to my house, we'll drive from my house. I need to leave this car somewhere because I have to leave. There's been an emergency in my family and I have to leave the country. So Carla didn't ask any questions. She went ahead. She picked up um, Miguel from from the house, from their house. Um, and he was like, no, I'm just going to take this car. I'm going to leave it somewhere. And then, you know, you can take me with you. So she said, okay, fine. So they sí, took... No the, se le hacía nada raro a ella, ¿verdad? Pues yeah. dijo, va a ir a, a ver a su familia, nothing okay. weird. Yeah, so she ended up picking up, picking him up from this rural place near, um, near, their, near their home. Because he went to park it, like, in a very, like, you know how there's, like, roads where there's, like, just, like, um, trailers and, like, it's very, like, rustic, very, like, mm -hmm. where it's just factories. And it's mm -hmm. just kind of one of those roads that you don't really pass by it, but it's, it's, it's part of your city. So she said that they left the car there and he got into her car and then they drove away. And within yeah, the car, no juntos, ¿verdad? They were just no. like friends. They're, yeah, they were just friends. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So they, she ended up telling, she, he ended up telling her that his mom has been really sick and that he needed to leave the country, and that um, she, he just needed money in order for him to buy himself a ticket to go back home. And Carla said, you know, it's fine. She even recalls like when they were married that he had told her. If anything happens to my mother, that's the only reason I would leave the United States. Like that's the only reason. Like I, I would only go home if my mom was sick. He told Porque no her. Tiene papeles, él, right? Yeah. Just to. Yeah. I know you just probably to clarify. mentioned this, but just to, yes, to clarify, he doesn't have. He doesn't have okay, papers. So he said that like he was just gonna go to the to. He was gonna return to Honduras if his mom actually got sick. Yeah. So. She didn't find it out of the ordinary, so she bought him the ticket. And his flight was set to leave the U.S. on the 26th of March. So by the 26th, Miguel was already gone. He was out already. Yep. Yeah. By the 31st is when the cops were told about the car. So they had talked to Carla during the time of, of, Miguel, of Miguel and Karen's disappearance. And by the 30th, they had found the car. When the investigators found the car, they started inspecting it 
and they found blood within the seats, the front seats, the passenger seats. And they opened the trunk and it just smelled like death. They said that the back of the trunk just smelled like blood and decomposition. Decomposition. Yeah. So they, at the moment when they found the car, they already had a sinking feeling that Karen was dead because there was that was her car she drove it everywhere and the only person that had access to that car was Karen was him and Miguel according to Fillmore Waters the detective um, in charge of her case he mentions that Karen helped Miguel leave the U.S. without understanding anything and she didn't know anything that was going on and the only reason she actually came forward about her uh, the missing case was because he because he knew who he was and because he just wants them to find her so she decided to go ahead and tell investigators what she knew about the case and even her family thanks her for you know saying everything that she knew and they even feel bad at the fact that she had part in this and had no idea what was actually going on and yeah, I could only so raro, eh? yeah. Like yeah. putting like the stories together, she was like, "Okay, something's wrong here. I need yeah. to say something." Yeah, yeah. She was hoping she was wrong. I bet. Like she was hoping, and because yeah. you don't want to be involved in something like this. You don't. Yeah, and and the oh, fact man. that like I could only feel the amount of guilt that she must have felt, like saying like, yeah. I helped basically my ex husband, like, get away from Escape. the police. Yeah. yeah. So she definitely felt some sort of guilt at um yeah. leaving leaving this at a, a like in a hiatus or like a chase like helping him yeah yeah unfortunately without knowing days passed and they actually tried to look for Karen they looked everywhere in the house um all throughout the surrounding areas within very like forest areas of of Houston in order to find anything and they found nothing. They kept investigating it, kept looking for her, but nothing was found. They posted posters, uh, missing person posters are all around Houston, placed it on TV, and no evidence was ever recovered from the disappearance. So the only thing that they had was to find Miguel Angel. So... They, when they found out that he was actually in Honduras, they went ahead, they traveled to Honduras, and they tried to find his family. When they arrived, his family said that they hadn't heard anything about him, that he never showed up. The only thing that they knew was that he was back in town, and he was working briefly at a barber shop just enough to get money to leave. What they found out was that he was working in Honduras for a while, grabbed some money, and he left to Guatemala. And in Guatemala, he opened his own barbershop and he started working from there. Bien descarado, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was just like, yeah, I'm living my life over here, working and opening my own places. Like, exactly. como que si no hizo nada. Yeah, and, and the fact that all of this happened, it, it took investigators almost f- five years to find him. 
because the family oh, had wow. no, the family had no idea where he was at. And they kept oh, trying. As to, you were explaining this, I thought it was like months, no. not years. Yeah, oh it was God. years. They they Jesus. never found them, so I forgot to include that in there. But he was actually oh, found wow. um, earlier this year in April. They actually found him in Guatemala working, opening up his own barbershop and working out of his own barbershop. And it, if you see these pictures on Instagram, you'll notice the difference between how he looked like. Um, in 2017 and how he looks like now and it looks like a completely different person so even if you try to like say like well why didn't people find him why didn't people like yeah you know uh, connect the dots or whatever it, it looks like two different people after the police in Guatemala uh, found Miguel Angel and captured him they took him to jail they booked him in and he was waiting in there for about three months before he was um, brought back to the U.S. So recently, up until June, um, they transferred him to the U.S. and placed him into jail in um, Texas. The only thing is that the biggest issue within the case now is that, according to detectives, if Miguel Angel doesn't confess to his to, to the crime and uh, declares himself not guilty um, the trial will go on for a longer period of time because they don't have a body to to connect the crime to and unless he doesn't confess to the murder or gives like a whereabout of tells them where she is where the mm-hmm. body is they will not have a, a case to 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 you know to present in court and the the case will prolong its time to the point that if they don't find enough evidence there's a possibility that he can be let go released are you serious oh my god yeah ah. so investigators are Jesus. urging the community to help them find um, any sort of lead into wow cracking the case because even though he tri- he was like one of the biggest fugitives in when it comes to this case if there isn't anything to accuse him of the only set the only the maximum amount that he will get would be 22 years in jail he will and if he does any like you know good samaritan services community service jail, in there and they can lower good that. and yeah no se porta mal, yeah, yeah. That, it can go. It could, it could be reduced extremely. Unfortunately, so the Houston police are urging anybody that lives in Houston or within cities within the Houston district to, if you have any details on where Garden's body could be or any um, sort of uh, information on where her where she could be buried or her whereabouts. They urged the community to call the police uh, department at 713-308-3600. And to be honest, th- that's the most terrifying part about this case is the fact that this man could probably get away with murder if they don't find her body because they need concrete evidence that shows that he murdered this woman. Um, even though, you know, we say 
the blood's there. It's Karen's blood. The yeah. every like DNA, everything. La ex esposa said all this. Yeah. He fled to Honduras saying his mom was sick. She wasn't really sick. Yeah. And he goes to Guatemala. It's like everything is there. That's what's so upsetting. Like that you need to have concrete geez. evidence or even a confession in order for He's not gonna confess. Oh no. He knows that he's not he stupid. Confess. He's not gonna say anything. He's not gonna he's not gonna, you know, face any well not he will face jail time, but not the 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 sentence not that, what he should. Yeah, yeah, not the sentence that, that we all wish he would Lo que get. Yeah. Yeah. And no, lo malo es de que el como lo explicas tú, el carro, like the trunk, the way you described it había mucha sangre. Yeah. Like, he there's a lot of blood. So, yeah, five years later, I don't know how much of... I, I, it's sad to say this, but I don't know how much they're really going to find del cuerpo de ella. That's the sad that's, part. That's the sad part. And, and you know, there's been interviews with the mother. And she says, you know, the mm -hmm. only thing we want is... Like, she's she said in... um this interview where I'm going to include the clip in here that says I just want my daughter back like whatever he did whatever he did to her like I'll I'll forgive him for anything that he did to my daughter but I just want my daughter back and you have to understand this this young woman also had a daughter so she was a mother yeah. so yeah. she her daughter is like I think she's I think they said she was six years old or she's mm, going to be 10. Around this time, she might be 10 years old. But um, at the time she went missing, she was six. And now she should be, like, around 10. And even the daughter is, like, upset and frustrated at yeah, the fact that... Sad, heartbroken. Yeah, at the fact that his, her mother isn't found. Was murdered, and, yeah. Um, my nada. And, yeah, and a clip... Uh, there was a clip where her mother actually says, you know, she's angry because it feels like... She says that it feels like they forgot it. They forgot it about her mom. So she feels that the fact that they don't have any resolution or have found her body, that um, that they forgot about her, and um, that's why this case kind of hit home a little bit because we always talk about these cases where we feel like the there's case there's so many cases that sometimes we forget that there's real people behind it and sometimes we just want to give that little ounce of of hope that you know they're still remembered and that that there's still hope to be found um within the 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 little help that we can you know provide for everybody yeah. so yeah i mean it, it, it's heartbreaking it is because it's like how you said and like how the little girl said is she feels good so her mom is being forgotten and unfortunately como hemos hablado de estos casos we've talked a lot about of these cases in Mexico pero también aquí en los Estados Unidos y son casos tras casos tras casos que unfortunately some of them si no agarran like any information or any evidence people forget about them yeah. if they're not on the news if they're not on social media like unfortunately these people get put on the side or forgotten and that shouldn't be happening we should continue exactly. remembering all these victims and hopefully finding these missing people and with what we're trying to do you know even putting in our instagram her her picture up there just to bring awareness and hopefully something something comes out of this definitely she, all of she needs justice 
Her family needs answers. Her little girl needs answers. We can't bring her mom back, but she needs answers. Yeah. Oh, it breaks um, my heart. She was so little. She was really little. And Rebataron su madre. Yeah, and it's like... Oh, my God. She was she was so little when her mom left. And yeah. um, now to be growing older and, and not have that sense of closure that, you know, your mom was found or that, you know, there was a, a close to the to the investigation it really it really um it really sucks um but hopefully with the fact that they finally extradited him from uh Mm -hmm. guatemala to the states um it hopefully shines a little bit of light at the fact that you know the case is still going on and there's people behind it that um Mm -hmm. that are still working hard at um trying to solve the case yeah yeah that is still up there Definitely. And they're not forgetting Karen. You no. know, she's they're still they're still trying to fight it. Definitely. So this is the case of uh the missing case of Karen Ramirez. Um and like I said, if you had any have any information, please call the Houston Police Department at 713-308-3600. And we will post the um, picture of Karen in our um, Instagram so you could see what she was like her missing poster where it has all information and um, you know in case anybody has any information on um, her disappearance um, and I do want to um, say that the family understands that there is a no chance that she is still alive but they still hope that they could get some information and they just don't want to brush it down the down the drain about trying to find any information even though they might not have a body they still want any information regarding what happened yeah yeah quieren respuesta it's just man i mean están en honduras la pobre familia están hasta allá and not even being able to sepultar a su hija no tener ni el cuerpo yeah. no tener nada that is so it's so sad. It's so sick that a person would do this. Like, and also hold this oh like confession. This 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 just information on where the where the where she is. Where he left. Yeah. Where he left her. What happened? Yeah. Like, he has no soul to like even just say what happened. Like, you're gonna go to jail whether you like it or not. Just say it and like let the family live in peace. Just yeah. let them have their daughter back. Just, just no, say it. Yeah. No, it's him not saying anything. It gives him that control and that power of like, yeah, I took your daughter away, and you're never gonna know where she is. He said, "Anak quedar con eso." So, if yeah. he didn't, if he didn't care, he had no heart when he killed her. He's not gonna have a heart in telling the family where she is. Yeah. And, it, and that's like the tragic part because if you put it into that perspective, like she. Okay, I, didn't hold it I guess they have something to say too. They they do, <laughs> especially when it comes to. I guess you know how we've talked about cases like this where we're like, oh, uh, now they actually have the power of, of silencing silencing the victim um, by not saying anything of what happened, and they have that power and they they have that control, and yeah. um, it's it's just a sense of like. 
they have the knowledge to 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 give to the people and like to have some sense of closure but he doesn't he's not gonna talk no we hope he does but he, yeah yeah well at least he's in jail that's that's the at least most he's in there part. right now he can't hurt anyone else exactly Donde está mi mamá? ¿Qué ha pasado con ella? Dice, dice ella que eh, en algún momento se olvidaron ya de mi mami. Dice, ya nadie la está buscando, mami. Dice, nadie, nadie la está buscando. Se pone enojada. And that was today's uh, case. Um, we 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 really want to thank everybody for um, you know sticking with us and. Uh, we just have a quick announcement about um, our uploading schedule due to conflicts uh, when it comes to recording and editing and everything. We moved our uploading date to Thursdays. Um, it gives a little bit of, you know, time to edit and, and put content out there um, and record and, and have enough time for everything. So um, as of now, we're hoping to get things done and uploaded by Thursday. Um, so we're not doing Wednesdays anymore. We're doing Thursdays. And um, hopefully you guys like this week's episode. Um, if you have any suggestions on any cases you want us to cover or any um, any information on cases that we've done in the past, uh, we would really like to hear it from you guys. Uh, we will leave little ask box on our um, Instagram stories and we have our Facebook and Twitter open for any comments or tweets or suggestions that you may have. So uh, we would really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, uh, you could follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok as at SBSM underscore podcast. And you can find us on Facebook as Soy Violento Semicabro Podcast. Um, and also you can find us on Spotify and Apple and all these other streaming sites as Soy Violento Semicabro Podcast. And yeah, um, thanks a lot for all your support and um, for checking us out. And to all of our new followers, thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for all the comments on the videos and the messages you guys have sent us. We read each and every one of you, and we really just want to thank you for all your support. Definitely. And um, we can't wait to uh, continue uploading some new stuff for you guys. If you have any uh, questions or any suggestions on anything, uh, just let us know. Yep, let yeah. us know. Thank you for everything. <laughs> thank you for, thank you for, for the support. <laughs> thank you all for the support, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Mm -hmm. Have a good rest of your week. <laughs> Bye. Stay spooky. Bye.